Hello, hello to another Friday and welcome to Speaking For Him. I'm Dan Van Zalen and here's your host, Andrew Gominson. Thank you, Dan. It's great to be with you and it's great to be with all of you who are listening. I just want to say thank you for continuing to listen. God has been good to sustain the podcast and keep it going and we're very grateful for Dan for being in the producer's chair and as a co-host. And today we're going to talk about a movie that I had the privilege to see earlier this week. Uh, it's Indivisible, and it actually comes out today as of the date of this posting. And so I want to encourage you, as we talk about this movie, to consider going and seeing it this weekend. Uh, because a lot of times theaters gauge how long they will keep a movie in theaters by the way the opening weekend does. And, you know, when there's a Marvel movie, it shatters box office um, <laughs> records before people even go to see it because they sell advanced tickets, or at least that's the way it seems. But with some of these smaller uh, faith-based films, it doesn't seem to garner the attention. But let's honor uh, faith-based directors who want to give us wholesome content, and I really think this is challenging content as well. But before we get into the meat of that, Dan, why don't you share our quote of the day? Emotionally powerful, Indivisible accurately portrays not only the challenges of marriage, but also the beauty and the importance of commitment, love, and faith in the real world. This true-life movie is a must-see for every couple. Gary Chapman, Ph.D., best-selling author, The Five Love Languages, Military Edition. Now, there's a bunch of Five Love Languages books, but basically the premise is learn your spouse's or your children's love language and love them the way they want to be loved. But it's significant that this marriage expert is saying that this movie is a must-see. And I really do believe it because it doesn't just talk about um, military and things like PTSD, but it also talks about um, the fa- the way that uh, a whole family is affected by a military commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, I have several brothers that are in the military, and uh, most of them are married, and it does affect the whole family. You know, you move to where they send you. Yep. Um, you work the hours they give you, um, sometimes 24 hours if you're working on a sub, you have to work a 24-hour duty or things of that nature. So the military life is really one that the whole family experiences. So I think it's important um, when you look at this movie to just look at how it affects things. And also, just from the marriage standpoint in general, it seems like all the time lately I'm hearing about couples that I know who are choosing um, to end their marriages for one reason or another – And I realize there are some extreme cases where the end of a marriage is warranted, but it should definitely be much more the exception or much more the rule, much more the exception than the rule. And today it's almost the rule. Like just about really like if I don't if I don't think this is working, I can just get out of it. And that makes me sad and it needs to change. And I think that this movie conveys a really solid message about dealing with difficulties and working through them in marriage. And the best part is it's based on a true story. Um, the character uh, in this story is a, is a real man who really serves in the armed forces, and he's actually still active. He's a battalion commander um, at, in Fort Bragg, North Carolina right now. So as you listen to this uh, review, you can also be praying for him. 
So um, why don't we listen to the trailer and then we'll get into the review. All right, here we go. So today, 3rd and 4th platoons are going to sweep our next door neighbors again. See if we can slow down the welcome gifts coming over the wall. I'd like for you to have more non-combat experience first, but a military-wide shortage of chaplains says otherwise. Well, I signed up to be where the need is, sir. 15 months without this face. You're gonna be okay. They can call it the family readiness group, but nobody's ever really ready. Divorce is filed in the last three months. But soldiers losing families and having nothing to go home to is not the stabilizing force we need around here. Really? Just let me mess with other people's lives, just part of your job description or something. I mean, kinda. Okay, well. My marriage is none of your business. You don't know anything about me or my family. Hey, who's gonna take this one? They hit us with two RPGs, sir. Get her down! Couldn't save the chaplain. So I guess do whatever it is you do. I just feel like there's something more that's happening between us. It's not between you two. It's between you two and that war. Oh, we got two on the rooftop. Get us out of here! Take them out! I'm trusting in God to protect those men, and he did! No, you trusted in God to do what you thought he ought to do. I want to know why. I want to know why you somehow have it in you to show up for those men when you refuse to do it for your own wife and kids. If those men need me! laid their snares. Along the path, they have set traps to catch me. You are my strong deliverer. You shield my head in the day of battle. Amen? And that is the trailer for Indivisible. Um, I kept wanting to call it invisible before we started recording, <laughs> so I'm glad I got that right. Um, but basically, the basic premise of this movie is that Darren Turner, um, after he goes to seminary and uh, enlists in the army, he is sent as a chaplain over to Iraq just shortly after getting commissioned. Like, he doesn't really have much time to adjust. He had just moved into military housing. According to the movie, now I know that a lot of the movies accelerate timelines, but yeah. I think the idea was emphasized enough to think that it was pretty much a, uh, a true-to-life idea, that he was sent pretty early on in his career. I'd imagine this, no more than a few months. Yeah, into this combat situation. And so basically what unfolds is, first of all, he's away from his family, for 15 months, mm -hmm. and that's got to be difficult. I can't imagine being away from your family that long. My brother was in both Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, I think he was still single when he went to Iraq, and then he was married when he went to Afghanistan. Um, they didn't have any children yet, but I'm sure it was hard oh, on both of them to be separated. Um, and, but then... 
when this chaplain gets back, he's the source of strength for everybody on the field, in the field, but he's also starting to feel the weight of it. And some people die um, under his watch that he couldn't save, and a friend of his gets really badly injured, and one of his converts that comes to Christ under his ministry in the Middle East uh, dies in the war. And so he starts settling, putting all that on himself and feeling really bad about it. And the first mistake he makes is he doesn't tell his wife what's going on. And so he just kind of bottles it up inside. And then he gets back to stateside and he ends up suffering a lot with PTSD. Mm-hmm. And so the next part of the movie, um, she is trying to understand him. He's trying to understand her. And they both have their struggles because she was helping with military wives and a ministry to them. So she was going through a lot, even though she wasn't um, overseas because she was the first line of defense when they got when they had the the you know soldiers show up at their door to tell them their husbands weren't coming home. Yep. Or that they were badly injured. So she was struggling too. Mm-hmm. So the premise is basically them fighting and then fighting for their marriage after that. So, um, Dan, I know you have some questions in front of you so we can talk about this in more detail. So go ahead. Yep. So if general thoughts for this, what are some of the positive things in this movie since you've seen it and I have not? Well, uh, like I said, positive things are it underscores – uh, the value of marriage, and it also underscores the value of family. Like, his family is obviously very important to him when he goes over there, and he just, he wants, he craves connection with them. There's one time when he calls, um, and his wife doesn't have much time with him because his kids hog the phone for a little bit, and then she says, <laughs> well, next time they're going to have to wait because we didn't have enough time to talk. And then there's another time when he, he he just desperately wants to reach out to them and he calls and his daughter answers, but his wife is not available. So you see the connection that he desires to have mm-hmm. with his family. But then you also see the contrast of when he gets back, he's there in body, but he's still, he's still in the in war, the war in, the head. in the head. So it, it really shows you how prevalent PTSD actually is and how we need to pray for our soldiers. Oh, as yeah. they come back, and that they don't need to be afraid to get help. I think there's a stigma that says um, we we don't that it's weak to get help. But I respect people that do get help, and sometimes you need to get help before there's major issues. Like mm-hmm. um, I've heard of a couple different couples um, where they would they get kind of they've kind of decided to get regular marriage counseling. <laughs> not because not because things are bad, because they don't want them to get to a place where they're bad. Yeah. So if you have a trusted advisor, and I and I will be quick to say I don't think it needs to be a professional counselor. Mm-hmm. If someone is grounded in the Bible and they know the Word of God, they can be a valuable counselor to you, regardless of whether they are certified to counsel. Now I'm not going to say that certified counseling is bad. No. Or that you should never seek that. But I do think that lay people are capable of giving biblical counsel. So just to think about that, it's important. Yeah. 
And that also is what the pastors are there for. It's part of their mm-hmm. training to do this kind of thing just to help maintain marriages and Absolutely. make sure they know what they're going into. And as I said earlier, it's just become alarming to me how quickly people are exiting their marriages. So I really do think we need to get back to basics and mm-hmm. do more more training of couples before they get married so that they are more prepared for the lifetime commitment that it is. Yeah. the In the trailer when the uh, chief of the division drops the stack of divorces in front of him right at the beginning there, that was alarming to see. It, it was. And it, it for those who haven't seen the trailer – it is a pretty thick folder. Now, it's about they, they almost never, two yeah, feet thick. They never say the number, but I think the idea is just that it, it's very hard. It's it's a hard life. It is very. for people to choose. As a matter of fact, um, my brother said during basic training for the army, they spent most of the time. Um, one of the ways they tried to break you down was to tell you that was to just talk about how your girlfriend or wife was back home cheating on you, whether or not that was true or not. That was just something mm-hmm. they like to put in your, put a bug in your ear about. So that's probably not the sad. best thing to do. But exactly. Um, so where are we going next? So next, uh, what were some of the negatives about this movie? Um, negatives. Uh, it's hard to quantify an exact negative, but I will say that it was, it was more violent than I expected. Like they showed, uh, kind of realistic looking. Combat. So this isn't a family movie to pop the popcorn and and gather your whole family around no. from little kids to older kids. It is a PG thirteen rating, um, and there is realistic combat. And then of course the way that he's dealing with his PTSD, you know, um, that is an important thing to uh, recall as well. And we we a few weeks ago we talked about Unbroken Path mm-hmm. to Redemption. And it's kind of very similar in that regard, how he deals with his PTSD and tries to be, tries to beat it himself and then realizes that there's no shame in going for counseling and needing that and Mm -hmm. getting that help that he desperately needs. Yeah. Would you say then that um, they kind of skimped on his trolls of the PTSD, like they moved it too fast? Um, I, don't know that that's true. I mean, it, it kind of does move fast, and but I do, but I do think that they kind of make it clear that even as he's on the road to recovery, that it's not just an automatic recovery. Because like even like a few months later, he's working in a gar in a working for a landscaper uh-huh. uh, at a gardening place or whatever, and his friend who was injured in the war. See, his friend got injured in the war, and it drew him closer to his family. And he came back a new man in a great way. And so he's like – and so then he comes back and he challenges the main character. He says, why are you so angry? Mm-hmm. And um, at first he tries to hem and haw and say that he's not. <laughs> and then it comes down to the fact that he wasn't in control, that God oh, was in control. Yeah. And kind of like the chaplain said in the trailer, you're mad because God didn't do – what you, what you wanted him to do. Because we, as humans, we think we know what's best. And God says, wait a second. I'm the one who knows what's best. My ways are not your ways. My ways, my thoughts are above your thoughts. So yeah. um, I thought that was really interesting in how um, he realized that he had actually helped a lot of people, even though he felt like a failure. 
Yeah. It's sometimes hard to see how you've helped people, especially if you don't directly see what changes for them. And I think a lot of times, you know, like for me, you know, I, I'm connected to some podcast, a podcasting email page. And, and sometimes these podcasters lament, you know, that they only have a hundred listens or a hundred downloads or so per episode or whatever. Uh I'm lucky if I get 50, but the way I try to think about it is if one person who needs to hear the messages that I put out, hears it, then it's worth it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, And I know I have a solid listening base, even if it's not, quite as big as I would like it to be. And if God ever decides to grow it, I'll be ready because I'll be consistently putting out quality content that I know that I'm proud of because of what he's done for me. So I can be grateful for that. Yep. If God says it's going to be, there's nothing that can stop it. Absolutely. So what's your favorite character or rather who is your favorite character? My favorite character was actually um, this guy that he witnessed to, um, and I'm going to try to see if I can find the character list here so that I can um, get his name right. Get his name right, yeah. <laughs> That's I, always uh, the hardest part. Yeah. I know it's here. Let me see if I can find it. Okay. Where is it? I don't. See him. But his last name is Brady. So we'll uh-huh. just go with that. Mr. Brady. The, Mr. Brady. Um, he's one of the officers under the chaplain's care. And at first he's very skeptical of the things of the faith. But then um, God works in his life and... He comes to know Jesus Christ, and then he gets baptized on Easter Sunday, uh-huh. and then he ends up losing his life on a mission a little bit later, and leaving behind a wife and two kids. Ooh, that's hard. Which is hard, and it's hard for Darren to process because he feels like he feels kind of responsible mm-hmm. for taking away this um, man from his family, even though there was nothing he could do. Yeah, I mean. Realistically, chaplains don't even carry guns, so no. they don't even fight. They just chaplains and medics there. don't carry guns. Yep, they're there for support of the troops while they're in combat, but they don't actually carry weapons. So yeah. even if he was there, there wasn't really much he could have done. I'm not entirely certain, but I think during uh, World War II and maybe the Korean conflict, chaplains were required to carry a pistol, but that was it. Yeah, I don't know all the details. All I know is that's kind of the way it goes now. Yep. So he was definitely my favorite. And then, of course, the um, the guy that uh, had his life changed, um, Jason George, uh, who played Michael M- Michael Lewis. Uh-huh. Uh, that was another good character because he lost his leg, but he came back a more whole man in a spiritual sense than he was before when he had all, both his legs. So. Uh, which verse was it that said it was better to lose an eye or a tongue or a hand that caused you to sin than rather than fall? Yeah, it's really true. Yep. So then next, what about your least favorite character? Um. Well, I 
I don't know that I have a least favorite character. I do know that I kind of um, struggled with the fact that there's a female uh, soldier on here who is like the chaplain's assistant. Uh-huh. And I respect all of our soldiers, okay? But I was raised in a home where uh, we were encouraged, uh, where the my sisters were encouraged to be homemakers. So it's always hard for me to think of women in those places um, of of service and to feel okay with it. Because yeah. I believe that as men, we should protect the women and children in our lives. But it, it was interesting to see that even she was kind of restored to her family because she was feeling pretty bad about things with her three-year-old son. and uh-huh. But she got back right with him when she came back from the war. But I don't really think there was a there was a bad character in the movie. I, I do know that he got some um, harassment and challenges from the people around him. When bad things happen, because that's a classic thing that people ask is where is God when bad things happen? Yep. And that's um, always the hardest question to answer. So, and it is because because the fact that we believe that God is good when bad things happen doesn't mean that we like bad things to happen yep. or or that we even have the answers. Yep. You know, I lost my uh, grandpa uh, last week. Yeah. Monday. And. That's been a really tough thing to deal with. I mean, he was older, so we knew it was coming sometime. Yep. But we always hoped sometime was next decade. A few years from now, <laughs> you know? But time is always running, and we don't know how long we have or the people that we love have. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I've always been pretty open about telling people how I feel about them because you never know. Yep. When you're going to see someone for the last time. Yeah. So uh, I just think that that's something that we all need to be aware of. And especially, you know, when you see that in this context, you know, uh huh, they didn't know when they were going to see or if they were going to see their loved ones again. Now, going into combat is a real risky proposition even for the sideline people. So. Yep. Uh and so, do you have any more questions? Yes, we do actually. What do you think the biggest? What is? What do you think is the biggest lesson that you took away from this film? I think I, there was a very interesting point in the film where he was going to be offered a captain's promotion uh-huh. if he goes back in the field to chaplain another unit, a special forces unit, which would require him to go back overseas. After he's dealt with his PSD, after he's, after he's dealt with, you know, being so mean to his wife. And at first he turns it down because he doesn't want to go down that road again. Yep. But then his wife comes to him and says, I talked to your commanding officer and I think you should take this promotion. And what it came down to is they, she said, now we're prepared. Now we know better how to respond to it in the future. And we both know that we're called to this. Yes. So I think the the whole idea of a unified front as a married couple is a huge lesson in this film. And I and I think that's one of the biggest things that really needs to change in marriages and the way we look at marriages today is that it's not just two individuals 
deciding to live together for the rest of their life. It's oh. two people consenting to become, in essence, one individual under God. Yep. And that's a difficult concept for people to grasp. Some people think that it, that it's taking away your individuality or taking no. away your freedom, but really it's giving a, n- a whole new form of freedom, and we need to do better at emphasizing that instead of downplaying or bad-mouthing the aspects of marriage that may be difficult. Yeah. Uh, marriage is, you know, two people with a united front, and that's how they're one under God. But it's also two people fighting for each other and for their children. Oh, exactly. And if you don't – the thing is we all need to be fighting for something, whether we're married or not. We need to be fighting. We need – the Bible says to contend for the faith. Yes. And to, to make the things of God of paramount importance in our life. So whether we're single or married, that needs to be our focus – and when we're married, it just means that we have a a uh, companion along the way to help us do those very things. So I just thought it was interesting how she encouraged him to do that, even though they had a struggle, even though it would have been easier in a sense to say, no, don't go back, just stay at home with me and the kids. She realized, and she didn't just say, this is your calling. She said, this is our calling. Yes. We need to do this, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that that's not something you see very often, even with Christian directed films. No, it was a pretty, it was a very bold message. It didn't really pull any punches. Yep. So then, how do you rate this film? One to five, and five you're the best. Okay, I'm gonna rate it um, four point five, just because it's really hard to give it a five. Yeah. But it was really well done. I felt like maybe there was. If you're talking about realistic battle scenes, there are were some ways they could make them more realistic. But then I also understand that they wanted to somewhat be a family audience, although yeah. I'm going to put a proviso to that and a warning to that right now. Mostly and teenagers. say that 14 or 15 and above is probably yeah. the youngest that should see this film. But I think it's important to see because I think it's important to discuss these things. Yes. Um, and I do believe in the military. I do believe – some people are called to it, but I also believe it has to be a calling that oh, you yes. have to know that you know that you know that you should go there because it is tough. It is. And you need to be ready to do it. So it is very, my difficult. recommendation is four out of five. You should go and see this with your older teens, have a discussion with them because maybe the military is in their future as they get ready to end high school and maybe either go into the military directly or go into the military through college and become an officer. But I applaud those who serve our country and I hope that you go out and support this film so that more films can be made like this. And just wanted to put out there that this was directed um, and I believe written by the guy that uh, uh, directed Grace Card, David G. Evans. So if you've seen that film, I think you'll like this film as well. And um, I... The Kendrick brothers really liked this film as well. They said if you like Fireproof, you'll like this film because of the way it values marriage uh-huh. and contends for that fight. So with that being said, I will just encourage you, get out and see it. It's opening weekend, so it should be in there. Let's show um, the secular movie world that movies like this can sell so that they can continue to make great quality films. All right. And with that, I will say have a great weekend. And keep serving the best of masters. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 